Welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the text we covered in worship on Sunday. And we do that by discussing things like historical settings, literary context, the way others before us have read the text, and our reflective approach to reading that same text. This podcast is a part of Calvary's Daily Connection, a place where Calvary shares something new each day to help you grow in faith. So we hope you check that out through Calvary's app or by going to connectwithcalvary.org. Uh, well, this morning on, uh, well, I guess it could be any time that you're listening, but it's the morning for us, <laughs> uh, we're going to be uh, speaking about uh, the Monday, uh, the Monday day, the Monday activities of Jesus, uh, following up on the sermon from Sunday uh, through Holy Week. So we've got a couple of things to cover, so let's jump right into it and uh, get going. All right. Um, we talked in uh, worship about um, the temple. Um and um, Herod's great project, Herod the, the Great, um, had two great projects that he kind of did at the same time. And, and um, one of those was an all-weather port on um, uh, Judea's Mediterranean coast. Um, and the other, and it was connected, was the temple with the great expansion of the court of the Gentiles. And um, all Jews had to pass through that court of the Gentiles in order to get to the inner court. Um, and once again, I, I, I talked about this, uh, at least at one of the services, I never remember what service I say what, but, um, uh, about, um, um, Herod being very central to that temple. Um, and, um, uh, and we often, we often don't focus on that when we talk about, um, uh, the temple in the New Testament, um, because we think about it as a truly religious organization. And although that was the um, intent, um, certainly, um, I mean, Herod had a residency there, for heaven's sakes. Um, um, and, and so it wasn't, um, it certainly wasn't just a religious uh, a religious place. Um, and so it was, it was, um, that that's one of the reasons uh, that Jesus was n- not was Jesus that Jesus was upset not because there was a connection with government, but because there was a connection with corruption. Why? Why? Um, I mean, we're talking about Herod here, but I'm not sure that everyone uh, kind of is up to speed in terms of uh, who he is. Why? Why the why the problem um, with him being associated with this temple, or or why the benefit? I guess. Why don't you answer that? Because I'm not sure exactly where you're going. So just go for oh, it. <laughs> well, no, just that um, you know that that Herod is, uh, um, well, at, at one time loved for right. these major building projects, but also not really seen as one of um, one of the Israelite people, no. right? So he's kind of he was uh, put in power, and we talked about this, I think, last week just a little bit, but uh, put in power by the Romans. Um, he's kind of a a mixture of different kinds of traditions, um, different kinds of lineages, and so that would have been really offensive to, um, you know, movements within Judaism to kind of restore um, a Judaism of what we would consider the Old Testament. Um, and uh, you know, he's very much setting up um, a lot of oppressive power structures as well that people can can certainly feel. Um, he's creating an elite class of people who are. Um, you know, loyal to him and kind of doing his bidding and crushing everyone else. I mean, very much a, a person who used blood to get where he was, very ruthless. Um, so they liked they liked the um, 
the results, but they didn't necessarily like the method. Right. 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 Well, and not even all of the results. No. Um, certainly, of course, the elite would have been fine with the oppression right. because they weren't the ones um, necessarily under the thumb um, yeah. if they didn't, you know, uh, well, I mean, if they got what they wanted. Sort of, except that they, um, they lived in fear as well because, yeah. I mean, he was constantly rolling out mm-hmm. those people. So to be tapped as, you know, like, I want you to help me. Mm-hmm. It's not always a good time. <laughs> That's true. That That's sense. true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So everybody really is. I mean, a lot of, a lot of uh, the folks at that time, no matter whether they were um, marginalized or considered even on the end, would have been living in some kind of fear that uh, this would not be long term. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when. I- I, that takes me back to last week's sermon um, when Randy was preaching about the entrances into uh, into Jerusalem and um, and why the crowds would have loved Jesus so much. I mean, obviously we love Jesus, and so it's easy for us to see that. Um, but Jesus cared for the least, the last, and the lost, um, um, and that was very, very apparent. Right. He wasn't brushing them aside um, like the even the religious rulers were um, and and I um, I always am concerned about um, uh, the religious rulers of that time because um, we are the religious of this day and um, how easy would it be for us to get swept up in something that is not um, of God right um, and Very so easy. <laughs> yeah yeah so I am um, you know, I I look at that I look at that um, situation, and I can be very judgmental of all of those folks. And I'm not there. I'm not living in that. But I need to turn the mirror to myself and say, in what ways do I get swept up in the tide of um, of what's happening today and of oppressing others? You know, and, and I and I want to see that in myself. Am I am I somehow? Um, um, with my decisions and uh, in by being a part of the society, am I somehow oppressing others as well? Right, and uh, you're you're holding a book right now, which I'm gonna yeah. which I'm going to reference because okay. no one can see it. Uh, <laughs> at this it looks just like yeah, this. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's called the Last Week, which uh, is kind of providing a sort of a, a foundation for um, this series. We'll put a link to that in the um, in the podcast notes okay, uh, for people to look at that. Um, but it, it uh, takes great care to, to talk about um, the difference between uh, the systematic structures of that time and the people who were uh, playing roles within those systematic structures and, and saying that, you know, there were good people and there were bad people mm-hmm. um, in all of these kinds of in all of these kinds of positions and roles. So. Uh, when we look at, um, you know, these elite few that were running, sometimes there were virtuous people in there, sometimes there were not. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes in the peasant classes, there were virtuous people, sometimes there were not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one of the major indictments was not necessarily on any given person within these structures or these systems, but the systems themselves. Actually, I would say, yeah, right, but the right. systems themselves. And so... Um, you know, in 21st century America, we're very quick to kind of put a very individualistic spin on everything we come across. What does this mean to me? What is this? How does this, you know, uh, play out in my own life? 
which is a valid and good question to ask, uh, but we usually ask it at the expense of systematic questions. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think a great thing about this text is it, it brings that to light very, very nicely. Um, not like politely, but almost right. impolitely. Uh, and, um, you know, I think it calls us back to, again, this very, uh, certainly in that day, political tone of especially the Gospel of Mark. Uh, so that's that's a really fun, fun read. I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It really is. I think the challenge um, for anybody involved in what I call institutional church, and whether that's the big, broad United Methodist Church or whether that's the institutional side of Calvary United Methodist Church, is to be reflective of uh, not only us as pastors, but leadership in the church, to be reflective of uh, keeping this a house of prayer, um, keeping this focused on uh, why we even are here. Right. Um, rather than just the existence of the the institution or the system itself, mm-hmm. um, and so that's always the challenge. That's where my reflection comes. Um, not so much looking at uh, whatever lessons I can learn from those of the past are fine, um, but uh, I always think about how after forty plus years of ministry or fifty years of ministry or whatever it is. How will I leave my portion of this? Will I leave it in good stead? Will I leave it healthy? Uh, will I leave a system that is uh, got a huge major of, measure of humility to it? Uh, or will we have lost touch with, most importantly, God, or lost touch with our people? And I think that's always the challenge in this thing. So, so, so Jesus said... Um, um, it is written, "My house shall not be, uh, or my house shall be a house of prayer for all peoples." And um, you want to talk a little bit about that? Um, well, I've I've thought about um, the church being the house of prayer. I've gone back to both Isaiah and Matthew uh, in reflection of that. Let me just pick up a couple verses out of Isaiah here, fifty six. Says, "On foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to minister to Him." to love the name of the Lord and to be a servant, all who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it, all who hold fast to my covenant. These will I bring to my holy temple and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Uh, I've preached on, on several occasions and opportunities from Matthew Again, it's the same reference text as what Mark is. Um, And I picked up four things that, uh, reading from Matthew, that I think connect with this house of prayer as I read through this scripture. And so if you want to go home and read this, or if you're driving, can catch it someplace, uh, Matthew 21, 12 through 16. Uh, But the four dimensions are uh, a house of prayer by Jesus actually throwing... um, uh, some of the money changers, so-called, out of the temple, he was also declaring it's a house of purity, somehow fairness, somehow righteousness, somehow goodness. Uh, in Matthew, it says, the blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. 
And so uh, in my way of thinking, that also means under the banner of the house of prayer, there's a house of power being demonstrated here. How is God's power being released when the body of Christ come together. And there and then was I, a, uh, but let me just interrupt for a second. Yeah. That that was a power struggle too. <laughs> you know, Jesus had the the spiritual power and um, uh, the Roman government was afraid of that power because they had a different kind of power that they they wanted instilled. So yeah. it's it's kind of a double uh, definition of that meeting, so. Well, it yeah, it's uh, I'm thinking about power here in this sense, uh, when the blind, uh, I always Absolutely. get this confused, <laughs> when, the blind, <laughs> when the blind walk and the lame see. Yeah, that's um, right. When the blind see and the lame walk, um, and then I reflect on wherever I'm responsible or whatever I'm responsible for, is that power, is that power being released? Uh, whether that's in in corporate worship, whether that's in individual worship, whether that's in small group worship, how is the power of God somehow changing lives? And the healing doesn't have to be a physical healing. I, uh, my connection to healing probably more is a spiritual sort of healing inside our souls. Um, certainly have seen the physical healing pieces. I probably operate or gifted maybe more in this area of uh, healing of the souls. So anyway, I, I, I see that dimension to it. And then in Matthew, it also writes, From the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth praise. Uh, so when I think about uh, Jesus saying, this is what my house needs to be like, um, you know, that whole power, or that whole prayer, purity, power, praise piece blends itself together um, in terms of what what needs to be happening in God's house. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this, the, that statement uh, uh, from, the, uh, from the children come praise. Um, I think when, and I see that, I see a lot of that uh, uh, here at Calvary Church, that uh, from our children, from our children come uh, not just nuggets, they, they, they bring us meals of wisdom <laughs> about how their growth in the Lord is, uh, is is developing what's happening. I had a little one uh, yesterday morning come up after church and, and brought me a little heart and then brought me a drawing they had made uh, probably during the sermon, but I won't say that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, just, uh, you know, re- recognizing uh, um, there's something going on, recognizing there's something more than uh, just persons here, because in that there was some mention of God. And I just think that our, when we get that th- across to the kids, somehow we we're at least semi on track of what we need to be, rather than just going through the motions. Right. So, as I was thinking about that um, yesterday, all three services as I preached, um, I I kept thinking. Where is it that this house of prayer um, is uh, not living out our commandment to be just? Um, and I honestly don't know that answer, um, either because um, we're just so perfect, there's no problem. I don't think that's it. Um, or because I, um, I I don't see where the injustice is in um that's kind of where my prayer is now. Lord, show me where we are um, are participating in um, in 
in keeping people down, in um, in not allowing people to be free, in um, um, in hurting people, um, and and maybe it's not. Um, Maybe we're not literally oppressing, but maybe it's a sin of omission, um, what we're not doing. And, and I don't know what that is right now. I, I don't know what that is. Um, but as we continue to keep this as, as a house of prayer, I think that in, and ask God to reveal that to us, I know that he, he will. Um, mm-hmm. He'll help us to see what those areas are. Um, but, you know, I, one of the things that we're doing right now um, is to look around at the community and see where the, the big needs are and, uh, or where the unmet needs are and how the church can participate in meeting those needs rather than sitting back and enjoying our own little space without participating in the healing of our world. Um, and, and I'm just not sure... I'm not sure where that is, but God is going to show us. God's going to reveal that to us. Um, so um, as we continue to look at that that scripture and think about that being um, on Monday of, uh, of Jesus last week, I think about, uh, I, I talked about um, him being able to see the temple from the cross. And I hadn't thought about it that um, deeply uh, until I prepared this sermon, but wow, <laughs> uh, to be on the cross and looking at the temple and realizing uh, where the people had gone and um, and realizing I'm, I'm going to die for them, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, I'm going to make this right. What a powerful, powerful image for me to see that. Yeah, it's like okay, where do we go now? We're we're kind of <laughs> sometimes this happens in a podcast, friends. We <laughs> we get to a corner, and which way do we turn? Well, we we might have to we might have to turn out the exit uh, at the at this point. We're about eighteen minutes in here, so oh okay okay. I think if we jump off anymore, we might uh, roll past our, our oh, okay. uh, self imposed time limit. So okay okay maybe cool I don't know. cool unless you've got something that I real- can't keep. That you, can't, to that you can't keep to yourself and <laughs> got about five minutes for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I'm okay. I think right. I'm okay. But all friends, right. just keep keep reading that um, those passages over and over again and, um, and praying about um, where it is that each of us is, um, is living out um, the, the, uh, the call to keep this a house of prayer. Because it's not just what, what we as pastors or worship leaders do. It's the attitude of us, every one of us in the place, right. and right. how we live that out. Certainly. You know, and if we pick up Paul, and this, this will take us beyond our time limit, but if we, uh, if we pick up what Paul wrote in, in, in Corinthians, in his letter to the Corinthians, he talks about our bodies, us being also the temple. And so all of these principles apply to us as well as applies to the church corporately. And so even to reflect, am I, Randy, a living house of prayer, or am I, uh, is my house got purity in it, or is my house got power in it, or 
or when does praise come from my lips and how does it come from my lips? I think is another whole avenue uh, that we could journey down someday, but maybe not this morning. <laughs> another time for sure. That's right. Uh, yeah. Well, we'd love to keep the discussion going uh, with you all as well. So if you have questions or comments uh, to add, uh, you can do that by following uh, the link wherever you're finding this or head over to connectwithcalvary.org slash daily connection. You'll find a way to, to get in touch with us uh, there. Uh, Again, we'll be back next week with a deeper dive into the Tuesday of Holy Week. So we'll see you then. Until then, grace and peace.